Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with Sarah Knapp, the founder of Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour. Sarah, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, I'm excited. Definitely. So it's uh, always nice to be able to sit down with a, a fellow outdoor enthusiast and New Yorker. Um, the last couple of weeks, it's been definitely the theme with uh, Red Yeti trying to shed some light on some more local, local for us um, companies and organizations. So for the listener that may not be familiar with Outdoor Fest and, Appy, and Mappy Hour, could you sort of run through how you would explain it to, to someone who, who hasn't heard of you? Yeah, of course. So Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour work together to show that you can live in a city and love the outdoors, and that's our tagline. And Outdoor Fest really exists mainly in New York City with a 10-day outdoor adventure festival in the summer and a bunch of content um, online and in person that teaches people where to go outside and how to get there. So, you know, we have our weekly newsletter and uh, a lot of content online. So Outdoor Fest really focuses on highlighting that experience for those in New York City. And Mappy Hour is our other program, which, which started in New York, but has now grown to a bunch of cities across the country and in Canada. And our goal with that is to do the same thing, you know, show that you can live in the city and love the outdoors through this, um, you know, state kind of structure that we can share with other other leaders in different cities around the country. That's so interesting. So I know when we chatted on the phone a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's funny how similar our stories were where we both uh, picked up everything, moved to Utah, spent some time there, realized that uh, a certain aspect was missing, <laughs> that mm-hmm. being New York. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got into this and how you got started in 2013. Yeah, sure. So I think you kind of touched on it, but the most important part of this entire story is that search for balance because it really is, I think, all about balance for for an outdoor enthusiast, for a New Yorker, an urban dweller, whatever, you know, side of the coin you're looking at. Um, I had, you know, I had moved to Utah to kind of be like a ski bum. And then I came back and worked for Discover Outdoors. I know you did a podcast with them recently and wanted to figure out how to balance my love for New York City and the culture and the diversity and, you know, my family's there. So there's just a lot of, of um, elements pulling me there with my passion for the outdoors. And so I think that having, you know, having the experience of living in New York City and then having the experience of living in the mountains and seeing them as such stark contrasts and wanting to find kind of a middle ground was really like the the impetus for all of it. And specifically with Mappy Hour and Outdoor Fest, the Outdoor Fest goal was to show off what already exists in New York City and connect people with those resources. So a resource could be anything from like a really cool trail that you never knew about in Staten Island or a boat club where if you put in X amount of volunteer hours, you'll be able to go, you know, paddling with them all around the city and so on and so forth. So all of those events that we do during the summer really are, are connected to 
the local community with the goal of getting people to actually do it long-term post, post the festival. Did you grow up, how far outside of the city did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. So the town I'm from is about an hour from New York city. So definitely, I, f- I keep forgetting how much of our story is so similar. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. So in getting this rolling as a kid, were you always in the outdoors growing up in New Jersey? Was that sort of something that you were exposed to very young or as you got older, did that become more of a focus? Yeah, it was, it's interesting because I, I wouldn't say I came from a particularly outdoorsy family. You know, we were kind of like a Disneyland family <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> and, you know, even to this day, like my mom does not like the outdoors as much as I've tried. Um, she's, you know, she's into culture and cities and I have that side of myself as well. So I get it. Uh, but I got sent to summer camp and I think being there helped as well as I was just kind of drawn to it. So even when we weren't necessarily like going on an outdoorsy vacation, I remember starting to be like, Oh, like there might be a hike near here. Does anyone want to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was like pulling teeth for a while. Um, I think I've kind of gotten my dad and my brother a bit more um, on board with the outdoor lifestyle to an extent, as long as it doesn't include camping. But but yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, it was really in, in high school kind of finding people. I did I was on the ski team um, and did like tra- trail maintenance locally. So finding people, other people outside of my kind of like in, like intimate friend group or family group, uh, who I could connect with and learn more just about what different sports were even an option. You know, I, I didn't know even that like mountain biking was a thing <laughs> until <laughs> I was in high school and stuff like that. So it was definitely a progression that started probably in middle school, high school. So you spent some time, uh, obviously you grew up in New Jersey. You, you, you discovered how much you like being outside. You decide to move out west, spend some time in Utah, and then come back. And obviously, the idea for Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour was to create that community and help people gain access, New Yorkers gain access, and, and, and other city dwellers gain access to outdoor activities and such. So I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with the... Um, I guess product doing air quotes for lack of a yeah. better way of describing it that you offer to um, a person in, in general. Like what? How did you go from that first event that you created to obviously the the ten day festivals that you guys are throwing now and all the other things that you're doing? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, from uh, you're asking about products, I assume you want like the business answer to this. <laughs> well, um, I guess both. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess the business answer, our product, you know, and our, our clients are our sponsors. Usually we don't really make a ton of money on ticket sales. We really try to keep everything free or, or super low cost. I mean, the first year, everything, everything was free. Um, and the reason we stopped doing that was less about the monetary value of the ticket and more about the logistic, uh, the logistic kind of difficulties and challenges presented uh, when you don't charge people for things um, Mm -hmm. in terms of capacity. So, you know, we changed it and we changed the structure around, but even now, uh, you know, our our goal, one of our goals is accessibility to the outdoors. So we, we really, 
either try to make things free or highly subsidized, whatever it may be. And the way we do that is by working with uh, big brands. You know, um, I can give some shout outs to our sponsors, but like Cliff Bar, Filson, Loa Boots, like they're all like some of our big sponsors and they, they basically get behind what we're doing and make it so that we can provide free programming. So my product to them is to be able to offer, um, unique content that I work with my partners to come up with and deliver. And then really awesome people who, you know, over the years we've kind of found (laughs) among, among the many in New York (laughs) city and brought together and created a space where they wanted to hang out and felt comfortable, you know, sharing their outdoor enthusiasm. So in terms of product, it's kind of more along the lines of like a traditional, like advertising, um, package with like an in-person element to it. And that's what, that's what we sell. Um, and then if you flip it to the other side, which, um, you know, I guess the product being the festival and the events, the way that we create that is by working, well, you know, since we've done it for four years now, we can look at what's been successful in the past. So that's the first thing we do is we look back at all the different events we've done and see what's done well, um, you know, with a feedback spin. And then from there, try to fill in the gaps. Like this year we, um, I met someone who does caving here in New York city. We never had any sort of caving event. So we started small with a caving meetup and, you know, based on kind of the response and the feedback and all that, that could eventually turn into a bigger event. So little things like that, where we try new things. We, um, ask our partners what, what they want. We ask, you know, our audience what they want. And then we kind of build a schedule according to those different factors. And then also what is feasible within a 10 day time period in New York city. That's interesting. So for someone who had a new person that is interested in outdoor fest fest or mappy hour um what are some of the events and obviously we talked about the festival but what what goes on at these events and what what sort of things would someone expect to experience um on an event with uh through you guys yeah so mappy hour is definitely the the one that i think reaches the furthest because we have chapters in different cities and we're working on building chapters in a bunch more cities this year. And what that is right now, the structure for Mappy Hour is kind of taking the traditional happy hour and turning it into kind of like the event that we wanted. And that's how it started. Like it was me and a couple other people who are part of the, you know, original Outdoor Fest crew who had a conversation about what we wanted to be doing after work and how we wanted to be planning our trips. And that included, you know, grabbing a beer, grabbing some maps and talking to each other and think dreaming big. And, um, you know, that kind of evolved into having a speaker. And so now, you know, you go to a mappy hour and we hope that you'll meet new people who you can venture with as well as learn either a new skill or about a new place that you could potentially go to that's nearby, um, or about a new community group that you could potentially get involved with either as like a volunteer. We work with a lot of conservancies and trail groups, um, or as, you know, a member. So through, through that structure, every mappy hour ends up being very different because it's, it's pretty loose in terms of the the topic, the goal just being that it applies to the, the people in that city who are 
joining in to learn and connect. So which cities are you guys currently in right now? Obviously outside of New York. Yeah. So we have events coming up in the next month or so in DC, Philadelphia, Denver, um, Calgary, and Austin. That's awesome. So how consistent are the events? Are they more once a month, once a week? How frequently would members expect to um, have something to participate in? The events are usually monthly or bi-monthly, depending on the chapter and the time of year. Right. Interesting. So like, yeah, for Calgary, they really like in the winter, they have monthly events and in the summer, you know, everyone's outside all the time because it's, it's sunny out (laughs) and lovely. So they kind of are a little bit lighter on events during the summer. Um, so it really just, according to kind of the chapter, the leadership there, what people want, um, the kind of frequency of the events will be dictated by that. That's interesting. So, uh, along this process, did you have any mentors that helped you build outdoor fest in the mappy hour uh, i assume you have some have had some experience in event planning and organizing and and you mentioned logistics and i could hear it in your voice and how painful <laughs> and difficult that can be when creating events like these yeah no it can i think probably what you heard in my voice is like my deep disappointment with everyone who couldn't like show up for free events they signed up for yeah, because that yeah. that ultimately made it so we couldn't have free events and that still kind of boggles my mind that that's a real situation that we we have <laughs> um but but yeah i mean i think one person i will say that um recently has been a big mentor for me is um this guy ian coming who is the founder of a group called travel massive i don't know if you've heard of them i have not no they have over 200 chapters around the world and hundreds of thousands of members and have a model very similar to how we're expanding mappy hour with local chapter leaders monthly events um you know different content pieces all wrapped into in-person events with a very light kind of like online profile membership side to it. Uh, we have a website, mappyhour.org, where people can create a profile and, and RSVP to events. And that's really like in terms of functionality. That's what the website does. It just lets you see who's going and who's been and helps you connect with them if you want to follow up afterwards. And that whole website was actually developed by Ian a few years ago in order to specifically build, build his community. So he actually flew, he's Australian. He flew to New York like in October of last year and like just camped out with me for like three days while we like built this website. And, um, since then has been extremely generous with sharing his experiences, both good and bad. And that's, you know, I think one of the most helpful things in terms of developing this, because it's, it's something and you, you do membership, so you probably um, can weigh in on this a bit, but, but membership and, um, you know, kind of trying to build community <laughs> is a really tricky thing, because it, you always want it to be personal, so you don't want to mass mm-hmm. produce anything. And so kind of striking that balance between, um, you know, keeping things very local and personal and also scaling it when, you know, people do want to bring Mappy Hour or Travel Massive or whatever it may be to a new city um, is 
is a really interesting kind of, um, challenge. And so, yeah. And so he's, he's been, um, he's kind of done it already, which is, I think the best kind of mentor <laughs> you can have, um, because he, he's been there and he's done it successfully and is, you know, kind of figuring out how to go from where he is now to, to even, you know, to the next level. Definitely. It, having good mentors that have been there before are so, so important. Like you said, it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And there's probably so many issues that they're like, yeah, don't do that. This is what will happen. And you're like, oh. <laughs> right, like, I already made that mistake. You don't need to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in this, uh, in this journey since you started in 2013, um, you've obviously grown a bit or quite a bit in in the four years i wanted to ask sort of what the the organization sort of culture in your daily um what's your daily life like um in running both mafia hour and outdoor fest yeah so you know i am the only person kind of full-time working on all this stuff so it um it changes depending on kind of what's going on in my life personally um i think a lot of times, you know, since when I started, it was just the festival. So I was very much like just working on that super focused and, um, it wasn't easier because it was all new. (laughs) So it was hard in its own way. And, you know, certain things have gotten easier since then, but growing means there's all these different levels now. And I also, I actually have another company where we publish, um, green travel, uh, stories and, um, you know, it's a, it's an online publication. So there's kind of like three different things going on. So for me, um, I'm constantly on the, on a quest to be super organized, um, mentally and also just like with all the stuff that's going on. Um, so what I've been trying recently, um, is having specific chunks of the day devoted to, different, um, parts of each company. So editing will be like a more, a Monday morning, let's say, and like mappy hour leadership will be Monday afternoon and like accounting will be Tuesday morning. Yeah, exactly. So, because it's so easy to get distracted by an email or, um, you know, a tweet or whatever it may be, because there's all this social media going on and that's really important. But there's kind of like this, this rabbit hole where like, if that's all you do, you'll never get anything else done. And that obviously just doesn't work. So for me, um, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to fine tune, you know, what my day to day looks like, but overall it's like, you know, I have a specific goal for a period of time that I'm trying to get done. Um, and then once I complete that, I have my next goal, uh, for a specific time. And I like to attach time periods to it because it's kind of works similar to a deadline, right? Um, in my head. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's like uh, sort of like, are you familiar with Scrum at all? Not really, no. Okay, so uh, totally unrelated. Well, it's related, but one of my partners is a, um, a web developer and they use a system called Scrum and it's basically a, a management system that helps them stay on target for projects and it and incorporates tasks with time and all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting and it's helped me a lot, um, us a lot, 
stay on target and make sure that we can get all of our crap done. Because like you said, you could I could spend an infinite amount of time in email <laughs> yeah, just by itself. And like I'll get one email and it'll be like a red alert email and it'll totally sabotage what I was doing. And then I'll do that thing and I'll be like, crap, I totally, you know, distant or didn't do that other thing. And now I'm <laughs> totally out of time. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so along this process, what would you say has been the hardest part about starting and building Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour? Yeah, I would say, I guess the hardest part hmm, is figuring out the, the business side of it. You know, I mean, it is a business, so that's all of it, but like, I mean, more like the numbers and, um, you know, really being able to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Um, because naturally I like the programming. I like, um, you know, I like talking to people and building the relationships and writing and editing and like the actual production, like front end stuff almost. And the, the part that I think some people get really excited about, like the strategy and like, you know, the budgeting and all of that is, you know, for me, um, I had to learn all of that. You know, I was a history major in college, so really useful skills in terms of like reading fast. Um, (laughs) and not so much in terms of like just knowing kind of more practical business skills. So, you know, I think it's always like those new skills that are kind of more on the like math science side that I actually, I find the most challenging just because I'm, you know, unfamiliar with them right now. I'm trying to learn SEO and, you know, on a very basic level, it's really easy. But then when you (laughs) dive into it, it's like so complicated and there are algorithms and all this stuff that, you know, my brain kind of naturally is like, uh, no, a fiction book, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I have to, I have to like very, be very intentional of like, Sarah, like you can do this, <laughs> you know, like even if it's not like your first instinct to want to like think about things like, um, from that, that point of view. So for me, it's just kind of like putting myself in slightly uncomfortable, uh, places so I can learn, learn new things and apply them when I, when I need to. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm the same way. If I don't understand something or if I don't like something like, like SEO or whatever it is that I'm trying to incorporate into the business, I'll get, I'll be instantly in a bad mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then that's when you have all these emails you have to get. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And everyone around me is just like, why are you so grumpy? And I'm just like, it's because I can't figure this thing out. And I know there's a solution here, but I just can't. And, you know, it's a slippery slope at that point. But <laughs> yeah, I think also there's like there's this expectation for entrepreneurs that we like have to do all like everything. Right. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I, it sounds kind of like you're similar to me. I'm like, I, I like to do things well. Right. Like, yeah. so it's like I won't yeah. just like look up like the three best things to do for SEO. Like I want to understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's like someone else's full time job that they've exactly. done for years. Yep. Yep. And so. I think sometimes, at least for myself, I have to step back and be like, you know, unless you devote your life to SEO, like you're not going to get it all. <laughs> and that's, that's really hard. Cause it's like, I don't want to be like mediocre, right? Like that's not like what I set out to do every day, but there's exactly. a level, especially for entrepreneurs where you have to be like, I just need to be sufficient at this so I can move on and do the next thing I have to do, um, on my list. I couldn't agree more. So when you, you mentioned that you went to school for history. 
And then post college, you um, you worked with Disco- you worked for Discover Outdoors. Did you at any point realize, or when you were a kid growing up, know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Uh, I don't think so. I I really thought I was going to go into academia and like get a PhD in history and work at a museum <laughs> 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 or something like that. That was kind of like the career path I was on. Um, I, you know, the business world really like wasn't. Which is, it's weird, because I was about to say it wasn't really part of my life. My mom was a consultant who owned her own business, so I, I can't even say that. She totally, it was, it was in my world, um, but I think similar to kind of what I was talking about before, I was always really strong in, um, you know, the, the English and history side of things, and, you know, it was throughout my education, the stuff that came easy to me. And I always had to work a little harder on the math and science. Mm-hmm. And so I think because of that, it was always like, Oh, like business wouldn't be for me. Um, because that's like not where, like when I took the test, it told me I would be, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I think it was, it was, it, it only became part of kind of my consciousness after, after college, after deciding that I didn't want to go into academia, that I didn't want to, you know, um, work at a museum, I kind of like distanced myself from that and was able to kind of open my mind a bit more about what the the future may, may have, you know, may hold. Was there a specific thing, event that sort of pushed you over and you're just like, all right, I'm doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would not, I wouldn't say it was a specific event. I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. And I think, probably for a lot of people that start businesses and I don't know, um, what your story is on this, but there's kind of like this seed that plants itself in your mind. And it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to do this today. It was like, Oh, (laughs) that's something I could do. And then for me, I started noticing how, you know, I, I guess kind of, I was making a case in my mind of how realistic it was. And instead of it being like, Oh, that's impossible. It, it actually like, kept growing as like, Oh, this is a very reasonable thing that I can, um, pursue. And I think that, you know, wanting to start outdoor fast for me, it was, I want to do this programming and the idea of like, I want to start a business kind of came as like the baggage that comes with, okay, well, if you want to do all this programming for, you know, New York city, you, you, you know, it doesn't exist. That job doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So you have to make that job. And if you want to make that job, that requires having an income, you know, and that requires having clients. And so I think that that's how that actually formed instead of, I think what might might be the opposite for a lot of people where they go in and like, Oh, I want to, I want to have a business. Okay. What are my products? Who are my customers going to be? You know, like, the, the canvas, <laughs> um, that so many people start with. And I, I got there for sure. But for me, I think that the process was, was kind of opposite where it was like, okay, well, if I want to do this thing, my choice is to do it myself. And in order to support that, um, there needs to be, there needs to be a full, fully fleshed out business. So the, when I was starting Outdoor Fest, I actually did like, a one of those like kind of like fellowship, program incubator programs where they like bring you through just like here are all the steps to starting a business um and it was actually really helpful even though you can find all that stuff online I think just like kind of having a a group and a program that you can like go through each step with 
was really nice in terms of just like kind of getting my head in the game on like, here are all the steps that need to happen in order for this to be successful and have a really like, strong foundation. Right, right. It's funny. My, our story is very similar in that it we we want we had that passion for the outdoors and startups, and it was like, okay, obviously we need to figure out a way to make this profitable so that we can actually do this. Yeah. <laughs> and not you know live in a box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so along this journey, what would you say? are some of your greatest fears in regards to Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour and how do you manage them? Mm, yeah. So I think that, um, you know, money is always a fear um, because you always, you know, it, there's no buffer really. Like if I stop selling things, <laughs> the, I will stop having income and then this whole thing will not work anymore. And, and I'm trying to get away from that, right? Like scaling is the answer to that. Um, and that's not get away from it, but grow beyond it, I guess would be a better way to say that. Mm -hmm. um, scaling and having a team and having support is the answer to that. And that's, you know, something I'm, I'm working towards, but it's the, you know, that's part of the process. It takes a while to, to be able to do that. And so I think, for me, one of the, the pretty consistent fears is like, you know, how am I going to keep doing this at the level that I want to do it um, while also growing? Um, because it's, it's easy uh, or, you know, it's doable at this point for me to just keep doing the same thing every year and just kind of get by with it. But mm -hmm. I, I want to grow it and I want to bring Mappy out to new cities and, um, you know, figure out how to do more things with Outdoor Fest. And so that's kind of um, something that requires, uh, you know, different assets. And so for it's always that balance and kind of being okay with a certain level of risk and fear of like, okay, I'm going to invest in this idea or this program or this person or whatever it may be um, and, and really go for it. Um, mm -hmm. Even if it's like, you know, I'm not, <laughs> if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to be doing a lot of freelance writing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of, you know, it's not, there's always a backup plan, but like, that's not the, that's not the ideal situation. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, I think, I think for me, it's, it's, um, you know, this, this constant fear of kind of just like, um, being able to continue to grow or, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm using the word fear, but I think it, it's also like, something that really excites me of like, I want to grow. Um, so I think there's kind of like two sides of it of like, you know, um, there's an element of, of fear in, in terms of like what I'm, I'm doing as I like make bigger goals, but then it's also very exciting. <laughs> so I don't want it to sound like I'm just like afraid all the time. I decisions <laughs> Cause I'm, tot I'm totally not. It's just, you know, I think if, if we're talking about like true fear, the, the fear is like that, um, you know, I'll mess up and like not be able to one of my ideas won't, you know, one, or one of the strategies that we have won't work and it'll, you know, take away from something else. And in terms of managing it, I think, you know, since it is something that has numbers associated with it, it all goes back to that budget um, <laughs> that I have so much fun making um, <laughs> where, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'm three to six months out. So I can control the fear by being very logical and like, you know, um, 
being like, oh, this is how this works. Like it's a math equation, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that's, that's kind of how I deal with it and, and always really be focusing on like, you know, how do I make sure that like, if I'm starting a new project, I can fund it. Um, you know, or if I want to, I don't know, have a bigger band at the camp out next year, like, how am I going to get ahead of that so that I can make sure I have a sponsor that's even bigger that year that'll help me be able to get that kind of talent. You know, that's like a very small example, but, um, you know, that's kind of how I try to think about it and make it work. Of course. Of course. So what along this journey, what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made? Yeah. So I think in terms of mistakes, they kind of comment on, you know, all different levels. One, one mistake that I, I always like to say is like the biggest mistake that I ever had was, um, one of our final speakers for Outdoor Fest a few years ago is Ashima um, Shirashi, who's the like climbing superstar kind mm-hmm. of like um, prodigy child. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, I had a photographer, and you know, um, you know, was really happy with with all the shots that he got, but we didn't videotape it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, I'm like, that is the biggest mistake <laughs> that I've ever made because that would have been great content. <laughs> of course. Um, so, so it's like some little things like that where mm-hmm. it's like, I, I thought that I had, um, a really good plan and it ended up that there was like a very vital, uh, element missing, <laughs> um, that kind of, you know, after the fact I, I couldn't go back and undo. So, I guess kind of as an example, that would be, that would be a mistake. Um, and then, yeah, I think that, um, I think for me, uh, maybe at the beginning, like not being as focused on the business side as I should have been, um, you know, at this point, obviously I am, but I think, you know, it kind of talked about this before, but it was all about like, how do I get this programming done? And, I just want to cover my costs and not really like being really strategic about like, I don't need to just cover my costs for the summer, but this is like something I want to grow year over year. And so how do I set up a foundation that will allow me to do that? And so I think after the first outdoor fest, it went really well, but it felt like that next year I was almost starting all over again in rebuilding, um, a business. So you, you talked about growth um, over the time from that first event where you sort of felt like you were restarting with the second one. How have you what, – what, what ways in which do you measure the, I guess, the sense of growth that you've had over the four years? Is it just by total attendees? Is that sort of the, the biggest measurement of growth for you guys? It's actually not because our first year everything was free and so – we had the most attendees the first year, so we can't measure by attendees because <laughs> right, <laughs> that okay. would, that would not work. Um, we, we do measure, we have kind of like a few different measurements. So, you know, there's obviously like participant numbers at the very, you know, basic level. Then there's new participant numbers. So people that we've never interacted with before who came to us. Um, so we really like to measure that. And then, um, it's people who, are repeats as well. And so tracking, um, to see who goes to multiple events, who comes to Mappy hour, who then comes to the festival afterwards, because those are the people who are really engaging, um, in the community beyond just going to, let's say one event 
um, during the festival, which is, is still an experience we value a lot. But in terms of building a community, it's the people that show up more than once that are the ones who are actually long-term engaging in, in what we're trying to build. Of course, of course. So what are some of the channels that you've been using to help reach these people and obviously grow uh, the community? Yeah, so we, um, we have a lot of earned media through the festival. So, you know, we'll have every summer a bunch of, you know, timeout articles and all that stuff. And that's always really helpful just for reaching big numbers because so many people do read those publications in New York City. So in terms of, you know, being kind of hyper local and getting in front of the, the right audience, mm-hmm. um, that's always really helpful for New York City events. And then for Math Hour, it's interesting because it's usually word of mouth that spreads Math Hour. A lot of times, you know, someone will start it in, you know, their city, let's say um, Philadelphia or D.C., and then, you know, they'll start reaching out to their friends and then their friends will know someone who's outdoorsy in the community and they'll come speak at a Mappy Hour and then those people share it via their social channel. So it's very organic for Mappy Hour, um, especially because we don't we don't really push hard on on attendance goals. Um, you know, I, I do talk to my leaders, my Mappy Hour leaders a lot about this because I think there is this sense of like more is better. <laughs> um, but I, I think that you know, a 20 person mappy hour is just as valuable as like a hundred person mappy hour, especially for those new cities where they're really building that, that core community. And if those 20 people are coming to every mappy hour, um, you know, that's, that's what we're, we're trying to do. Um, we're not just trying to get people to show up to one event and be like, okay, <laughs> you know, and then be like, look, we got a hundred people, you know, we want the people that are like, this is, this is what I've been looking for. These are my people. This is, you know, this is what was missing. So, I guess I, I don't know where I was going with that one, but I, <laughs> I guess it's, it's more like, um, you know, I hope we can find, find someone who is a friend of a friend and, and have them come because that's really where community building comes in rather than, um, attendance numbers. Of course. Yeah. There's that saying out there that having a, is a, a thousand true fans. I think that's a book written by somebody famous in the <laughs> entrepreneur world, but at the moment it is escaping me or it's like the idea of like yeah. you, you'd rather have a thousand true fans than a hundred thousand just like sort of kind of into what right. you're doing. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Um, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in the, uh, in general or, or in the outdoor industry? And, and even um, if they were focused on more of that community aspect, which obviously yours is so focused on. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, there's kind of a couple parts there for, for the outdoor industry. I think the most important thing that, well, there are two things that are really important that need to be happening right now. Um, one is making sure that whatever we're doing helps, um, helps the larger, the larger community, I guess, I feel like I'm overusing that word, but like the larger us, the larger we actually um, take care of the places where we go outside because all of our businesses will not work if there are not public lands, if there are not clean rivers and so on and so forth. And while that's not explicitly the mission of Outdoor Fest or Mappy Hour, 
it's really, really important to us that we, you know, have speakers from Surfrider or the Natural Areas Conservancy or the Nature Conservancy or whatever it may be, um, because they're doing the work and, you know, we, we need to be the people that are there supporting them and find the people who are kind of, you know, that know that they like the outdoors, but maybe aren't engaged yet and get them engaged. And so, you know, that, that's something I think everyone has to have some sort of element to just because we, we, we can't exist (laughs) without it. Um, and you know, that's, that's one thing. And then the second thing for, for starting a business, I think, um, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff in cities, so I think about that a lot and how that, what that means for the, the outdoor world. But I think there's just this huge opportunity uh, with people who maybe don't know their outdoor enthusiasts yet or know, but are a step away from actually like committing to that lifestyle. And I think that that's like a really interesting, um, kind of like area and really like, that's the market that there's just like the most explosive growth possibility for. Um, and you know, I don't, you know, everyone's like the the million dollar question, how do you get those people to, to engage and and make it part of their life, their lives. But I think that thinking about really thinking about what going outside means, Mm -hmm. um, is kind of the, the beginning of figuring, figuring out what the product or service is that can solve that for people. Because I, I do think it like naturally we, we do, we all want to be outside. So, um, you know, how, it, how is it being presented and how do we kind of broaden the net of, um, what we're doing to make it so that even more people, um, from different backgrounds can actually participate. So you've touched on this a little bit in, in the beginning, but I wanted to ask you, where, where do you see Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour going in the next year, five years, ten years down the road? Yeah, so for us, the goal for our Outdoor Fest is to be able to create something that for is very much for New York City um, in terms of where to go, what to do, and who to do it with. Um, and we're approaching that for through the lens of media. So... Um, you know, producing content that really helps make it easy for, for people to get outside and, um, make it really clear. So for outdoor fest, you know, and, and it's interesting because my original goal was like 20 cities, let's like go all over the country. (laughs) And, and now it's, it's like, I really want you know, the, the festival is awesome, but there's so much more that needs to be done in New York city. And there aren't, nine and a half million people here that like, I can chill, you know, like, (laughs) like let's get New York done first. Um, so, so for me, outdoor fest is really, really about New York and about like, what are, what are the things that New York city needs? Because it is a distinct environment. It's one that I know the best. Um, it's where outdoor fest started. So that's the goal for, for outdoor fest for Mappy hour it's actually kind of the opposite of how can we take this structure that we built in New York and then make it really easy for anyone in any city to take, you know, anywhere globally and apply to their own community. So, you know, that includes, you know, making that tech platform, creating guides for new leadership, having a really easy system that people can apply. And we, um, I have, you know, it's, it's funny. We got a, we had a write up in outside magazine right before outdoor fest 
and I have like 30 or 40 people that want to start chapters right now that are like waiting for all this information. (laughs) And it's a question of like the scalability and how do we efficiently communicate this with people so that they can, they can do it and they have the tools they need and the support they need to be able to do it well. So there's no lack of people wanting, wanting this, like, and what is it, right? Like, it's just like people to hang out with and really good content around the outdoors for urban dwellers. And my job right now is like figuring out that support system, which, you know, works for, you know, five, six cities. But my big challenge is like, how do I go from five cities to 200? Like Ian, my mentor has done. So that's really the, the vision for Mappy Hour and also the challenge for Mappy Hour. Yeah, it does. Sounds like you've got a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should probably get off the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fun. I like I like these kinds of challenges because it's um, where you get to kind of like dream big. <laughs> oh, of course. And that's, that's the fun part. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what's the best part, would you say, about running Outdoor Fest and Mappy Hour? Uh, it's, gosh, I, I don't want to be super cliche, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, the people, I mean, I have made so many friends, um, personally through, through these events, just from going and, you know, having other, other people who show up, the leaders, a lot of Mappy Hour leaders in other cities have become close friends because, you know, we, we work together, um, on kind of this, this thing that's a passion project for all of us. So yeah, it's really changed kind of the people I surround myself with and you know how much that can <laughs> change, change your life for sure. Oh, definitely. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it, I feel very similar with ready Yeti in the sense of the fact that I have met so many cool people <laughs> yeah. in doing this and just like-minded ones. You know, when you, when you try and uh, create a business in an area that you're super passionate about, you're the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to meet a lot of people who, love exactly what you love and you're going to develop a lot of really mm-hmm. awesome relationships. Exactly. It's awesome. Well, without a doubt. When Sarah, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. And I think our listeners definitely got a lot out of hearing how you built both outdoor fest and mappy hour. Um, for anyone in the New York area or any of the cities that uh, mappy hour exists, where's the best place for them to uh, keep tabs on what you guys are doing? Yeah, so for Mappy Hour, the website's mappyhour.org. And I would even say, even if we don't have your city yet, you should join um, the digital Mappy Hour chapter because we might have your city soon. And for the New Yorkers listening, outdoorfest.com is is where it's at. Um, you know, right now, the best way to be connected is just by signing up for the newsletter because we send out something every week that's like, here's what's going on in the community. Um, you know, not not just our events, but just events going on in general. And so I think that's, that's always a good way to just kind of keep your, you know, keep what's going on in the outdoor world locally on, on your radar. Definitely. Well, Sarah, I appreciate you taking the time. It really was a blast chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for including me. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.